You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. going to get into the time where we study the Word of God, where we allow God's Word to transform us, to speak to us, to set ourselves underneath its authority and allow it to speak. And so if you can, open up with me to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Uh, We are continuing our study in the Sermon on the Mount. If you've been with us for any time since we started regathering in person last August, I think this is like 30 Sundays since then. It's been a while, actually. Um, We've been in the Sermon on the Mount. We've taken a few breaks for our Advent series and different things, but for the most part, um, more than a half of a year now, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're looking at, verse by verse, the words of Jesus. We're allowing it to speak to us and shape us, and the hope and prayer of this series is to not wonder What Jesus told his followers to do, not to guess, not to be informed maybe by how we grew up or what we think we should do, but actually to hear the words of Jesus instruct us and teach us the ways in which we should go. And especially those of us that call ourselves Christians, um, we're disciples, right? Disciple, another word for that is apprentice, that we're to apprentice Jesus, that he is our teacher and our master. And that's what he's doing. He is teaching us about all kinds of different aspects of life and our spirituality. And today we're going to be looking at prayer. Um, And I want us just to be be encouraged to remember this is the words of God speaking to us for us this morning. So let's go ahead and read this section, Matthew 7, 7 through 12, and pray. Jesus speaking to the crowds, to us this morning, says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, Though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for everyone that's joining us in this room or online this morning or that throughout the week we'll be listening to this. We ask God that you would anoint this time, that the teaching and preaching of your word would be anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. God, I, I admit that I am inadequate to do this. I'm, in, in, my, in my own, I'm weak to do this, but um, in your power, your strength is perfected. And I pray, God, you would use me to communicate Not only what this text means, but that your heart for your people would come out as that good, good father. And God, we want to live into these words. We want to not just 
hear them and, and say, oh, that's, that's great to know, but that we would be transformed by them and that we would begin to live these words out, that we would become a people of prayer, that we would be quick to pray, that we would, if something happens, good or bad, that our first response would be to go and ask our Father who's in heaven. God, we sit ourselves under your authority as as disciples, as learners. We want to learn from you this morning. Pray to anoint this time. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start out by reading a quote by pastor and author John Piper. Many of you guys know, read, um, really formative in my own life. He summarizes the main points of the passage today in this way. I have it on the screen. He says, when you pause to consider that God is infinitely strong and can do all that he pleases, and that he is infinitely righteous so that he is on, only does what is right, and that he is infinitely good so that everything he does is perfectly good, and that he is infinitely wise so that he always knows perfectly what is right and good, and that he is infinitely loving so that in all his strength and righteousness and goodness and wisdom, he raises the eternal joy of his loved ones as high as it can be raised. When you pause to consider this, then the lavish invitation of this God to ask him for good things with the promise that he will give them is unimaginably wonderful. I love that because he sums up what I believe is the main point of this text. Right? What jumps out to me is the hearts of the Father, the intentions and the motivations right, of the Creator God, our Heavenly Father, towards those who put their hope and trust in Jesus, right? His children, His sons and daughters. So what is God's heart towards us? How does he feel towards us? What does he think about us? What, he des what does he desire for us? Well, his heart towards us is that he is full of unconditional love. He's overwhelming with mercy and grace. And he is desiring to lavish good things upon his kids. I mean to literally spoil us rotten with the things of heaven. With his character and his love and his grace and his mercy. Again, this isn't intended just that he's going to give us more earthly possessions and goods. But rather, our God, our Father who's in heaven... His heart is that we would experience and know his heart in his attributes. He's a perfect and loving God. He is unlike any earthly example we have. He is our perfect, fully loving, fully holy, pure, righteous, full of mercy God. And again, I don't know where we're all at. I don't know where all of you are at, your hearts. I don't know who's listening to this or whoever will. I don't know if all of us are Christians are in here uh, or not. But God the Father, right, the God of the Bible, 
the Father who is in heaven, his heart is that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that our sins would be forgiven, and that by putting our faith and trust in his Son, Jesus, who died upon the cross, right, that paid the penalty for humanity's sins so that we would not have to, when any of us believe this, right, we believe, when we believe this truth of who God is and who Jesus is and what he did for us, when we believe this and put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're brought in to the family of God. And our Father, our God in heaven, desires to commune with us. The God that made the heavens and the earth, that ordered the stars, that holds all things together in the universe, desires to speak with us and talk with us and have a relationship with us. And yes, you heard me correct. Our God is not dead. He is alive. He rules and reigns from heaven. And the universe and all that it contains, not only does he make, but he keeps going. This all-powerful, all-knowing God desires to hear our voices in prayer and give us good, godly kingdom things in our lives and in our world. Pause there for a second. Remember John Piper's quote. If we only actually knew and walked in and believed that God is this all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty, good, good Father, and he said, ask me anything and I'll give it to you, wouldn't we ask? How wonderful is that invitation? How incredible, how unbelievable are the words of Jesus today? And you can imagine, like I can just imagine for a second, Jesus on the Mount of Beatitudes where he taught this sermon 2,000 years ago. You can go today, you can see the same very hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. The crowds are gathered and Jesus is trying to, 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 to tell them this. I can just imagine, right, Jesus the Ton talking about his father, looking at the crowds can you imagine being like, guys, ask my father anything. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be opened. I'm sure he didn't do it in that tone. Maybe he did. Maybe it was stronger. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, can you imagine, right, he's God in the flesh. He knows his father. He knows everything. And he's trying to communicate these truths in the best that he can. I want us to, to try to, as best as we can, like, like truly receive who God is, the heart of the Father, what God's intentions are for you and what he desires of you, and heed the invitation of Jesus telling the family of God, ask my Father anything, and he'll give it to you. And we're going to talk, some, there's some nuances to that. But Jesus' exhortation in our text is that if we do ask, if we do seek, if we do knock at God in prayer, 
Like the, the way in which what really hinges on us praying in that way and getting our prayers answered and all that really hinges on what we believe about God or not. And what our perception of God is. Right? Because many of us, I don't know, I, I didn't grow up in church, so I actually had zero perception of who God was. I don't know if you guys know my like testimony a bit, but I was in, in sixth grade, and for us, middle school was seventh and eighth in California, so uh, it was the summer before you know, elementary school to middle school. And a friend of mine, the way in which he told me about Jesus, right, in his little sixth grade, like, evangelism, was, hey, you should know, you should know Jesus because he's coming back again. And in my little sixth grade, like, I, I didn't go to church. I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I was like, who's Jesus? And when did he come the first time? That's it. That's for me. I had zero perception. Other than my mom being like, you know, when I'm like six, seven, eight years old, of like, hey, mom, what happens? Is there a place called heaven? Do I go to it when I die? Like, yeah, yeah, you do. Just because my mom didn't want to say, like, I don't know, or like, I'm not really sure. I have no idea. You know, my mom just being nice. For me, I had zero perception of who God was. It wasn't negative or positive. It just was, I literally didn't even know who Jesus was. Never, no one ever told me there was a person named Jesus, and he came and he did all this stuff. But a lot of people have a really negative perception of who God is, right? Like if you've never read the Bible and if you have bad experience or you grew up in a certain situation, you might think God's angry at you. God's mad. You have to work really hard every day to earn his approval. Like that he's far off, uninterested, and, like, he's kind of a god of wrath and punishment and, like, just kind of stay away. Or he doesn't exist at all. Right? Your perception of God could be anything. But I want to tell you the truth. Like, that, what I just described, the angry, mad, earn his approval, far off, uninterested God, all of that is so untrue and so far off. I'm here to tell you this morning, and I, I believe Jesus, like, this is a huge connecting point of our text today, is that, our, our loving, merciful, and grace-filled God desires a close and personal relationship, one that consists of much communication, and that communication is prayer. Once again, our belief in who God is or isn't will definitely influence and determine your prayer life. If you think God hates you and God is uninterested and... He's mad at you. It's like, I don't want to talk to him. I don't even want to be near him. Why would I ever ask him for anything? Right? Like our perception and our belief in who God is will directly affect our prayer life. That's why Jesus is trying to make the case for like, you have a good father to give you good things. Ask, seek, and knock. Like he wants to be with you and give you these things. Like he's trying, I can see him and maybe I'm reading into it, but like pleading with the crowds. I don't know who you know God to be, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like, right, primarily Jewish audience. Like, I don't know if you guys think he's just the God of Egypt that sends plagues and, like, kills everybody. That's, yes, that's part of it. Or do you think he just makes you wander through the wilderness for 40 years and, like, you're lost forever? And you're like, you know, I'm thinking that the audience that Jesus is speaking into. We're a different audience. We have different perceptions. But I, I do believe that Christ is trying to plead with us to know the heart of his Father. 
Because again, if we don't believe in God, we don't, we don't pray. If you believe, you, you pray. But even if we believe, even if we're Christians, even if we are followers of Jesus, I, I believe Jesus is exhorting us and challenging us with the manner in which we pray and trust God for answering our prayers. And really, I think there's two parts, right, of the text today. One is the Father's heart compared to earthly fathers. We just talked about that, but then Jesus goes into a bit of a kind of seems silly example, but, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, he says, which of you, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? His point is, he says, if he, even though you are evil, like you're not God, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Again, he's trying to disassociate all our ideas of earthly fathers because, once again, that can really trip us up with God as well. Depending on our experience with our own earthly fathers, if they were present, if they were not, if they knew Jesus, if they were not, like we all have stuff with our earthly dads. I think what the point here is Jesus is trying to separate our perception of earthly fathers to his perfect heavenly father and for us to not mix the two, to make a distinction here. But also, I believe some practical things that Jesus is doing is the way in which we should pray, right? The language in which Jesus uses here, ask, seek, and knock. Again, Jesus is saying, pray in this way. Do this type of thing. Ask in this way. And so it looks like there's three ways here we should approach prayer. See, Jesus invites us to pray by means of a threefold command, right? Ask, seek, and knock. In the original language, all three verbs are imperatives. They're words of command. And all three verbs are in the present tense calling for continuous action. So the idea here is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. This isn't just supposed to be kind of like a one-off thing you do, like you pray before dinner to thank God for the meal. That's not only what he's talking about here. It's not just when you come to church or just when you pray with someone else. But what Jesus is saying is, my father is a good father. He desires to be with you, and he wants you to ask and seek him and knock at his door, continually speak with him to receive from him. And so really, I think there's three easy points. If you're taking notes, which I love it because a lot of you guys do, Number one, I think it would be easy to say our prayer life should, should have intention. Meaning like you go, you're the one asking God. You, you, you're in, you have intention, you set aside time, and you have intention because it's your heavenly father. It's a good father that's all loving and, in, and caring. And so our prayer life should be one of intention, not just waiting for opportunities to pray, but that we, as a people, would be a prayerful people. We would go, my Father is in heaven. He's in control of everything. He knows everything. He loves me. He saved me. He redeemed me. He's full of comfort. He's full of wisdom. He's full of, of goodness. We should pray with intention. We should go out of our way. We should make the time to be with our God in prayer. We should ask him. For everything. I'm going to get into how God kind of sorts out our prayers in a second. But literally ask him anything and everything. 
even if it's misguided, even if it's like, whatever. I think the whole point is do not hold back, do not withhold. With intention, ask God. On behalf of you, on behalf of your family, coworkers, the whole world, whatever it is, ask him. And keep on asking him. Number two is our prayer life should be persistent. Right? Did you see that? Jesus didn't just say, hey, just ask God and he's going to give it to you. He said, once you ask, then seek him. And once you're done seeking, then knock at the door. Like there's a definite like progression of like intentional action. There's persistence in this. And I want to encourage you to grow in this way. To not just do one and done prayers, but to be persistent in asking God. And this is especially important because so often we don't see the answers we're looking for. It's not in the same timing. And we're just not that resilient of people, let's be honest. And we so often just get tired of praying and we didn't wake up that early and then all of a sudden it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Thursday and I'm at church again on Sunday and like I didn't pray. No, no biggie, but it's something to note. If there's anything that we can grow in, it's not only being intentional with prayer, it's being persistent in prayer. And I want to I encourage you, those that are like burnt out in this area. Um, you're not alone in praying for that person. I know a lot of you do have like a really vibrant prayer life, but I know it's also really hard when you're praying for like either salvation or restoration or reconciliation or you're praying for something to change in your life and you've been praying for a long time and it doesn't happen and you, what happens is you just get tired and burnt out. Heed this as the word of God to take up that mantle again to continue to pray for that person, that thing, that situation. God hears your every cry. His ears are attentive. Even though it feels like at times, God, you're not listening, he always is. He hears every word. Take it from the words of Jesus, not mine. Ask, seek, knock in prayer. Take up the mantle again for praying for that family member that does not know Jesus that you so desperately want to be redeemed. Take up that mantle again. And also, our prayer life should be expectant. Jesus said, like, you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you're fine. If, the, if you knock, the door's going to be opened. This isn't my words. This is the words of Jesus. Red letters. Ask my good Father, and he's going to give it to you. Seek, and you will find that thing for which you seek. And knock, and the Father will open the door. I'm going to get into exactly what that means just a little bit. But here's what I want, I want to note. Sometimes we don't pray things because I think deep down we're like, ah, it's not really going to happen anyway. Or that's too big. Or why would God do that? Or that's impossible. That person's never going to come to church. I've been in church long enough that I've heard the story. It's like, I just, I don't believe that God's going to do it. I don't know. We may not say that, but I think our prayer life is really influenced by maybe not being hopeful that actually it's going to happen. 
Guys, the disciples that were with Jesus for three years had the same problem. They had unbelief. They lacked faith. Jesus, they said, Jesus, help my unbelief to really trust you that you're going to do all that. I want to encourage all of us this morning probably to say, God, help my unbelief. I want to pray bigger prayers. Like, I want to ask you to actually change the whole world. And God's like, I'm waiting for them. I'm waiting for my kids to pray those type of prayers persistently and consistently. Guys, the Father is waiting to hear those big prayers. And I think he's encouraging us this morning to be hopeful and expectant that he will do the things for which you ask. So what, 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 how does God actually answer, right? What gifts do we actually get, right? The Heavenly Father gives us good gifts. God's going to answer all our prayers. Kind of seems like that, right? Well, here's the deal. Listen to this. This is important. God says he'll give us what we ask for, what we seek, what we knock for. So the natural question would be, so is that anything? Will God really give me everything? Okay, well, first off, let's remember who the giver is, the giver of these gifts. Wouldn't we agree that because God is our perfect heavenly Father, we can ask him, trusting, knowing that he will always and, and we will always and only get what is best for us to live for him and do his will? The beach house in Kahala with the Ferrari that you asked for. I'll be honest. I don't know if it's best for you. Maybe the Father will give it to you. But I'll be honest. God's like, mm, not going to be good for you. I'm just saying, right, it's, not the, it's this blank check idea. But because he's a good father that knows us better than we know ourselves, or the closest person in our life, knows what we deeply need knows what we need most, knows what's best for us in order to live for him and do his will. I think we need to remember this. When we pray to God, not only, like, right, we pray these crazy prayers, which I don't think we should, we should still pray, all these crazy prayers. But remember, infinite love is the well out of God's good gifts always flow to his children. Infinite love is the well out of which God's good gifts always flow to his children. Whether he answers your prayer or not the way in which you asked. Whether you get the thing you're asking for or not. I think the point is to know God hears you. He loves you. He knows what's best. And whether you're getting that thing or not, that is what's best for you right now. That is super hard to swallow. Especially when, like, God, why don't you fix this? Wouldn't it be better for everyone if you did this? But God is sovereign. God is in control. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's not constricted by time, space, or matter. Like, he's God. And he knows what's best for his kids. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, you guys know well, I'm sure, uh, has this, uh, an opinion on this very idea. Remember, he's like a 19th century British pastor, so some of the language and whatnot might be a little different. But this is what he says. I think it's really potent. Speaking to how God gives us and answers our prayer. Our Heavenly Father, he says, will correct our prayer and give us 
and again, he's still strong, not what we ignorantly seek, but what we really need. The promise to give what we ask is here explained and set in its true light. This is a gracious correction of the folly which would read the Lord's words in the most literal sense and make us dream that every whim of ours had only to put on the dress of prayer in order to its realization. Meaning like we can ask for anything as long as we pray about it and we're going to get it. And he goes on. Our prayers go to heaven, he says, in a revised version. Again, you might think like, Riz, this is like weird theology. Just, just listen for a second. It would be a terrible thing if God always gave us all we ask for. Our Heavenly Father himself knows how to give far better than we know how to ask. That's good, right? That's a, that's a nugget. Jesus doesn't say, just pray better. He says, no, 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 you just pray. Ask, seek, knock. My Father knows what's best and he'll sort it out. It should be comforting to us. It should be so comforting. And I think we know this, but for me, um, like being a father of young kids, like I have a five-year-old boy and an eight-year-old girl. And any of you that have ever had young kids and you're a, a parent, um, they ask things all the time at the craziest times, the craziest things. And if I just said yes to all of it, well, first of all, they wouldn't be alive right now. But it would be so damaging, like, to them in so many ways. Like, always, it's like right at bedtime. Treat, popsicle, ice cream, I want it now. Dad, what? I didn't have any today. Yeah, but you don't know that ice cream has 30 grams of sugar in it. So if I give you that, like, this is going to be a hard couple hours, not fun for anyone. Or my son, like, he's so, like, there's these neighbor kids, and my daughter's super into football. Um, anything with a ball, pretty much. She's, like, super uh, into sports. So they go play football, but it's, like, it is kind of a cul-de-sac, but it's a long one, so cards speed up. And my son, being five, wants to play with these, like, eight- or nine-year-old uh, all boys other than Eva, my, my girl. And he's, like, like, pretty much like, Dad, just let me play in the street. Let me run around. Let me go to the bottom of the street. Like, even if, like, you know, like, you know, like, let me just do everything, like, all the time in the street, Dad. And he's, like, very persistent and particular. So all the time we, like, get into it, like, hey, Liam, it's not safe. Like, you just can't run into the street. You can't do that. But for him, like, if I just said yes, not good things would happen. So for me as a father, I, like, totally get this a bit more. Like, of course like, God knows best. Not saying that I know best for my five and eight-year-old, but a lot of times, you know, when your kids are super young, you're like, you totally do. Like, even though you're sad, you didn't get the answer you wanted, it's best for you. And I, I think I just want us to put us in perspective. Like, I don't, I don't want my kids not to ask me things. Right? Don't ask me anything ever again. That, that would not be a good response. I I want you to ask me anything. It just doesn't mean that I can always give you that, right? But also, like thinking ahead, kind of like relating my own fatherhood to the father a bit. Like my heart for my kids is that I just want to always like have a relationship with them. I think any parent would. But right, like my kids get older, which they will really quick, and they're grown adults. What would I hope? Obviously, I want them living for Jesus, but just like between me and them, I just want them to call me, talk to me, hang out with me, 
And even if they ask me the craziest things, I want it all. Like, that's for me. I just want a relationship. I want to speak with them, and I want to talk with them. And, like, that, that's, I don't have a lot. I, don't have, I just want a relationship. Think of the Father for a second in heaven. What does he m- desire more than anything else? Just a relationship with his kids. Speak with them, commune with them, to be with them. Does it matter what we ask him? No. Does he want us to ask a lot? Yes. Like, I, th- I think it's a thing, right? Like, when, when we have young kids, probably, like, they ask too many questions. <laughs> We're like, hey, don't ask so much. Because uh, I'm tired of answering all the questions, right? I mean, this happens. But then I'm sure as you get older, I mean, older parents in here with older kids, you can be like, I oh, man, I wish my kids would ask and talk to me more. It's all, like, relative. But guys, the Father so desires, our Heavenly Father so desires to hear us, to hear us asking and seeking and knocking. And you know what's crazy? Even like the book of James reminds us, talking about prayer, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask, thinking of the Father and the good gifts. God so desires to give us good things. So let's ask. He'll sort it out. He'll sort our heart and our intentions, if it's good for us or not. But ask. Before we end, I can't skip verse 12 because it's a little bit different. But I think it's very connected. Verse 12 of our text this morning says, So in everything, kind of to sum it up, Therefore, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is what is called the golden rule. Right? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. I believe why it's so important that Jesus connects prayer and intimacy and communion with the Father and with how we love people is that verse 12 is truly only possible if we walk out and live verses 7 through 11. Because the truth is only God can provide what we need and transform us in such a way that we can love everyone else the way we would want to be loved. Unless we first, like, commune and be with the Father and, like, pray and ask God for help to love other people. Unless we do that first, we can't truly love others the way we'd want to be loved. Prayer is the first step to love and experience God in order for the golden rule to happen. But I'm going I'm I'm to end this way with a little bit of application as a way of... Um, kind of some questions to ponder, to pray over, especially as we enter into a time of worship, and it's this. In relation to each of our prayer life, how do we line up to what Jesus is saying in our text today? Again, not not so that we can feel bad, because like, mm, not us, but to lovingly allow it to challenge us. Again, know it's our loving Heavenly Father wanting to have a relationship with us, to bless us, to care for us, to comfort us. But personally, for each of us this week, just you, just you, just me, what does ask, seek, and knock look like? What does that look like for you, to commune and speak with God? And if you don't know, now would be the time like, oh, I got to be intentional to like, when am I praying? When am I speaking with the Lord, when am I asking him things? Trust me, there is so many things that need prayer. <laughs> I mean, that's your family, 
your spouse, your friends, your kids, your work, your boss. Like the world around us needs prayer, needs the Father to intervene. And so how are we doing that this week? Also, corporately as a church, I want to challenge us to grow in prayer. To practically, in community, ask, seek, and knock corporately together. And my desire as a church is that we would grow in this area. I believe we need to grow. We do have a prayer meeting right before, 9.30 to 9.45. I know it's earlier. But guys, let's be intentional. Let's come to pray. If you can't make that, Pray with people at church. Pray for people at church. During worship, go out of your way to pray for someone in this room. That would be praying with intentionality. We have prayer team always up here during, over here during worship. I understand it's not dark in here and you're like, oh my goodness. I don't, what are people going to think? Just lay it on the floor. We're all in need of prayer. We just want to help take your request to the Father. I want to encourage you to like pray with the prayer team more. Maybe be intentional to either like come to the front of the room on the carpets or go in the back and be still in, in worship and pray to the Father. Like be intentional in community. Maybe that's just like, oh, I know those people from church. Maybe I should like reach out and like let's take a walk and let's pray together. Like that's that'd be intentional prayer. Like there's all kinds of creative ways you can corporately ask, seek, and knock. But my hope is that we would be a people of prayer, that little by little we would exercise the muscle of prayer and we become stronger and stronger to normalize it. Um, so church, let's press in. Let's heed the words of Jesus, ask, seek, and knock. And now we're going to enter into a time of worship. Um, but let me pray for it. God, thank you so much for this loving reminder of the Father's heart towards us. God, we do ask for a greater perception of you, Father, that you would correct any wrong views of God we have, that we would really receive your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your compassion, knowing that you're a good God that desires good things for his kid, I pray that that would motivate us to ask you for big things. For things all the time. God, would you continue to grow us, refine us. God, we want to be a people that are in regular communication with our Father. And God, would you just strip our insecurities or our hesitancy? You know, even if we feel like, well, I don't know how to pray or I don't have the words to speak, thank you that you also address that you don't care about that. You just want to hear us in all, like, authenticity and transparency, uh, all our emotions, all our thoughts. You desire for us to take them to you. So God, help us to live into that. And even in this time of worship now, we pray we'd press in. We pray that we would go out of our way to pray with you as well as pray with others in this room. Um, and then it wouldn't only be today, but it would carry over into the life of our church. We love you, Lord. We pray to be exalted in this time of worship. In Jesus' name.